Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday. This show is going to be awesome. We got two guests tonight. Uh, I didn't even heard, I didn't even know about this one story until late yesterday. And then, of course, we got the the champ, uh, Bailey Egbert, in here from Serious Angler, uh, fellow podcaster and now Hobie champion and TOC qualifier. So we're excited to have Bailey in here and talk to him about that. But uh, as always, we'd like to review the weekend that was ourselves. So, Ryan, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, tired. <laughs> I yeah. still haven't got my wind back, buddy. That was, uh, that was rough out there. Yeah, how, how was the weekend for you? Did you have a good time? Uh, it was all right. I mean, the lake pre-fishing was, was in my opinion, pretty rough. I, I planned on just going back to what I fished in the TOC, which was just miles and miles of running a Creek that, that I thought had fish in it. Uh, I did that on day one and managed three fish out of a 14 mile round trip. So that was stupid. Uh, day two, I, I slept in, woke up with a little bit of a headache, kind of dehydrated and picked like the closest ramp to my hotel and, uh, actually caught fish. So that was cool. Did you go down there to Cheney? Uh, no, I went, I mean, right across the bridge. I went to Georgetown, the ramp that we had to launch at when, uh, when the gate was locked down there, oh, yeah. that's the only other ramp I really knew. So I was like, yeah, we'll go for that one. I got you, man. It was, it was a fun uh, a few How did days you leading like up it, to Jeff? Well, let me, let me. I'm gonna have. We're gonna have a little therapy <laughs> session here, right? <laughs> tell me what went wrong. So first, first of all, let me tell you this. I did get to meet some people that I never met before, and that was cool. We got to hang out with Conrad, the legend Benetti, at dinner. Yeah. And let me tell you, Conrad is the nicest, most humble person you ever meet in person, in spite of what uh, his online persona may uh, try to push out there. And then we met Tim Arthur, who's in the comments right now. Uh, Tim from California. Very cool. Got to hang out with those guys and had a good time and met some other people as well for the first time. So that part is always fun. Uh, We had a little dinner on Thursday night and all that kind of stuff. But for me personally, I struggled to figure out you follow up from the jump on Thursday. Uh, I caught one bass pre-fishing Thursday and Friday, and that happened to be from the bank. Uh, Mm. So I I started in that area Saturday, caught uh, three fish Saturday morning, but only one measured. And I'm in kind of a funk, Ryan. I'm in a, in a, oh. I told you guys in our group message, I think I've lost my competitive edge because at the, towards the end of last year, uh, leading into this year, you know, I've never considered myself the best, uh, angler at a specific technique, but I've carried over my competitiveness from other sports that I used to play into this and would just grind in tough tournaments, stay out in the weather, make more casts, cover more water, all that kind of stuff. And anymore about mid morning, if things aren't going right, I find myself looking for the closest, uh, Brahms or Chick-fil-A or something. So it, this Saturday morning, things were going great. And by noon, I, sure enough, I found myself in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. And by s- Saturday afternoon, man, I was heading back to Arkansas Boy. with one keeper. 
So I, I, I don't know. Uh, when I got back, I saw a late night commercial. I ordered some new Genix from Frank Thomas, and uh, I'm going to watch some Kobe Ooh. Bryant. I'm going to watch some Kobe Bryant videos, uh, some Mamba mentality videos, and try to get my edge back. But yeah, uh, I got some work to do mentally to get ready for the next couple of tournaments. But anyway, I still had a fun time. Still got to see. I got faith in you, cool. Jeff. I got faith in you. I, I think. Yeah. I think you. I think you're going to come back strong, qualify for the TOC. I think you and Luke Arian are going to do well at Broken Bow. That's my picks. Yeah. Early, Luke. Early Luke picks. had a good day. At, at, or had a good weekend. He did. At this deal. He did. He, he did. Top he, 10, uh, right? he did. He did all right uh, in the TOC too down there. Like I feel like you follow maybe he, his second home. Uh, Brian, uh, BTC in the comments saying probably low T2. That's why I ordered the Nugenics, man. Big Frank on the commercials and Doug Flutie said that the Nugenics is what's up. So I, I got that on the way. Who's Brian Stockel? Oh. I don't know. He's the 20.25 guy. That's him. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till he fishes the tournament and catches all 20.25s. Yeah. But anyway, it was a tough tournament for everyone. It was cool to see the guys that did figure it out and girls, uh, and it's really curious to hear what Bailey did, so it's going to be a good one when we get him here and talk to him. But before that, you know about this story. I didn't even know about it. We had uh, some stuff go down at the ramp. You know, we always hear about people throwing treble hooks at people and making these bold statements, but my man really had to actually put up or shut up. Huh? <laughs> you you always hear, meet me at the ramp. I don't think many people actually take that serious. This is what happens when you meet somebody at the ramp. Let's bring on our first guest. All right, let's do this. Boom. Jeremy, what's up, my man? How's it going, guys? How you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Oh, we're good. We're good. Very, very tough tournament. <laughs> well, you you got something out of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got something out of it. How did you, first of all, how'd you do fishing-wise? Uh, day one, two keepers. And day two, I I fished till 10 or 11, and I couldn't, I couldn't get a bite, man. I was wore out. My hand is uh, let's see, where's the camera? There, it's uh, pretty swollen. So I was trying to, I was trying to skip with a broken pinky finger. <laughs> I think they which call that a boxer's fracture, that. which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama how, hardhead. <laughs> how uh? So tell us, like, I, I, I we've tried not to spill the beans here and give give too many hints away. Explain what happened here. Well, basically, I, I practiced all day fishing. I got in, I got in Monday late. Stayed at night, slept, got up Tuesday, went fishing Tuesday morning. Fished all day, no fish, tough day. Get back to the ramp, and the wind had picked up pretty. You know, it was doing that every day at follow, picking up very heavy today. So I was bouncing around trying to get up to the boat dock, and something just slams into my kayak. And I was like, you know, what the, what the hell is this? And it, when I turn around, there's a guy in a phoenix. And at first, my first thought was, wow, this guy accidentally slams into me. So I'll I'll keep it PG since we're on the broadcast. But basically, he tells me you to give my have, you, No, 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 you don't have bring to. Bring it on, bring it on. Oh, the words out of his mouth was, "You need to get that fucking thing out of the water, buddy." Oh. And his his partner's in the boat with him, shaking his head, like looking down at the boat, like, "No, you know what I mean." And I'm not a calm guy by any means. I'm uh, I'm an irate guy, so I, I don't. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to push me. So when this dude did that, I, you know, I obviously told him I would gladly climb on his boat and beat his fucking teeth out. <laughs> and he's, you know, hey, I'm trying to get on his boat. I really am. I, that, that was my intentions was to get onto his boat because I was going to beat his ass on his boat and throw his keys in the lake. That was, those were, that's the thought were running through my mind is beat this guy's ass and throw his keys in the lake. He won't do that shit no more. That's so right. we're arguing and I'm, you know, I'm, he's getting away from me. He's trying to, he's 
gas in his boat getting away from me. I can't keep up with him. So I told him, I said, you boat that dock. I said, you boat that, you land that boat, buddy. I said, I'll beat your ass on the dock. I said, meet me on the land. And uh, there were a bunch of people out there fishing. And so apparently somebody in the me- in the moment of all that uh, had already called the police department. Because by the time I get, I, I, I boat up, I jump off, I get my boat tied up and I get on the dock. I get up on the land and take my life jacket off. I'm in flip-flops and a tank top. I'm ready to go. I don't yeah. care. So, and I'm gonna give old boy credit. He was a he was a he was a healthy old big redneck boy. He he was not scared. He, you know, he's no 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 fear at him. He boated his dock. He landed that boat and come right up on the dock. And I shoved him and he threw this Alabama haymaker from <laughs> I don't know where the other side of you fought as slow as I'll get out and and I've been in a few tussles in my life. Um, you know, I've been in a couple fights. So when he flung this haymaker, I two pieced him right in the face. And he staggered back and he uh he commenced to do the Alabama windmill on me, man. He dropped his head and just just swinging. He caught me in the nose real good, busted my nose. I'm bleeding, so Goodness I just started gracious. swinging. Just just started punching and swinging at him, jabbing him, and and he just he couldn't take it. He balled up like a turtle. And I was when the police rolled up. When the police rolled up, I was whooping his ass, and they jump out of the cars, pulling the taser on me. Make me. They put me in handcuffs, but. Luckily, all the people at the boat ramp were like, no, no, no. You know, that's not what's going on. And, you know, they told him I was irate. I'm screaming at the cop. What the, what the fuck is wrong with you? This dude hit me with the boat. You got me in handcuffs. I'm I'm freaking the fuck out. And people are, and, and, you know, sadly, all the people there were fishing, man, because had not, I, I would have had not, no leg to stand on because when the cop got there, I was just beating his ass. So, but they told him, and that cop actually asked me if I wanted to press charges. He said, do you want to press charges? And that guy in the boat was like, well, what do you mean press charges? And that cop told him, he said, that's assault with a vehicle, man. He said, that's no different than you hitting a guy with your bi- your car on a bicycle on the road, man. And I'm flipping. I'm like, what would you have done? You sunk my kayak, dude. Well, I got $8,000. I, I got a Solix 10, a Mega Live. I got, you know, I, I got a lot of stuff invested in my kayak. And oh man, it was just it was it was unreal. It was just he, he thought he was immune from charges because he got his ass beat. <laughs> I, I lost. Guess so. what do you mean? Press charges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly how he acted. Like like he did nothing wrong with hitting me with his oh boat. My I don't know, gosh, man. eighty thousand dollars Phoenix. I guess that's you're on the lake. That's insane. Yeah, I thought. What I heard, I thought that he like backed into your kayak, like trying no, to no. trying to get to no, the water. No, he me, so man. I didn't he, pushed, he was like he pushed me. You. No, he ran me and told me to get the fuck out of the water. He, his, wow. And if, it, if if he would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry, it would have been a whole different situation. But th- there was no apology. Th- th- that was oh, the first thing out of his mouth was, you need to get that fucking thing out of the water, buddy. Like Ooh. like I was in Pete in the lake. Hey, do you know uh, that uh, you said the guy balled up like a turtle? You know you follow has strict limits on turtles, so you better be yeah, careful there. Yeah. You got in trouble sure, there. It might have been why they got out with the taser. They got him for turtle abuse. At, yeah. least they didn't, at least they didn't tase me. I was I was I was not irate too bad, so that I got my I got my hands off of him before I got this before I got the shock treatment. You didn't get the tase. All right. That's no, I was smart enough, but they put me in handcuffs. That kind of sucked. I'm standing there in handcuffs in front of everybody. <laughs> that kind of sucked. Is there any pictures of this? Yeah, yeah. Who, somebody That's got this I keep on waiting video. For a video. I keep waiting for a video. You know, you know, somebody video this. Five hundred dollar reward for the video. <laughs> somebody find it. This is going on World Star. We got this. <laughs> but you know, you know, there's one. There's all these cell phones. I'm, I'm, I've been looking. I got my sister and all looking on the internet. We're all trying to find a video. It's somewhere. There's. 
Somewhere there's a video of me kicking this dude's ass. Spread the word. Spread the word. We got a reward out. We want this. Uh, Steve Field says next time reach out and he'll go live from the camera boat. He'll Steve. come over. <laughs> Box his ears, mate. <laughs> Crikey. Uh, Dylan Larry keeps asking that for the did name. Not disappoint, buddy. That was uh, that no. was everything I hoped for and more. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I, I hope he's learned his lesson, though, and now he won't mess with another character. There you go. I would say not. I don't think no, he'll probably no, help us all load up he, at the ramp. He really, he really could have hurt me. I mean, and, and I hope he took that in consideration because even his buddy wouldn't help him, so his buddy knew he was in the wrong. So there was two of them on the boat together. What that kind of guy character are you in? Uh, Hobie PA-14. All right, so he can take a lick and keep on ticking. You keep on ticking. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> I like it. All right, Jeremy, you are the – uh, the hero that kayak fishing needed. No one Somebody send no one him a trophy. That. Steve, send, send him a trophy. Boxing gloves. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm going to send you some Revo stuff. So DM me your address. Yeah, we'll get you some sure. Revo stuff for at least. Sure. Yeah. We're gonna so. Get that belt. Where's that Save JT belt? We're going to get him one of those. Too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good shit, Jeremy. Proud of you. Right, Appreciate you, you brother. Have a good night, yeah. man. Oh, my. That was even better than I thought it was going to be, Ryan. Holy cow. That's feisty. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach Hall said this is the best podcast we've ever had, and they're only a few minutes in. So Dude, this is reminiscent of Josh Smith's trip on here. Yeah, um, wild. Whoa, Bailey was in the in the waiting room cracking up. So, and somebody in the comments said Bailey might have had a situation with the airboats. We'll ask him about that what? when we get him in here. Yeah, uh, he probably got sprayed. Yeah, so we'll ask him about that uh, before we do get him in here and we talk to the champ. We we'll always want to talk about our sponsors. So, uh, as always, appreciate dugout bait and tackle. A lot of people swung by the dugout, I think, on the way to this tournament, didn't they, Ryan? Yes, a lot of people did, including myself. Yeah. Uh, then Western Sun Vodka, cooling everybody off and or easing the pain from a tr tough tournament after this weekend. And then Revo. We're, I'm going to get jo uh, Jeremy some Revo stuff. And Revo, they've got a, a thing they're coming out with, Ryan, a con another contingency program for kayak oh. anglers. More details forthcoming. But basically, you win a tournament anywhere w with uh, – with a pair of Revo sunglasses on your head, and you will get a prize pack from Revo. More details to follow, so be paying attention for that, and we'll get some some info out. I like it. Yeah. Uh, but with that said, let's get the champ in here, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. There he is. Hey. Bailey. Going on, you, fellas. You ready to follow that story? Man, I wish he had a GoPro on his boat. At <laughs> that's least what I was going to say. That's, that's what we need to get him. Let's get him. Let's get him a Dakota Power Box and a GoPro. It would have been awesome. He had like a, a head mount for when he was throwing haymakers. At I'd like board. to see the chess view of just like, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Dude's face yeah, like playing Wii Sports. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, you know, with the public release information, we could probably get the body cam footage from the cops that showed up at least, Ooh. maybe. You think they had body cams in Alabama? Yeah, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's a liability, Jeff. There's yeah. no way they're doing that. All right. Well, Bailey, man, congratulations on the huge win. Uh, so pumped for you. I know I sent you a message Saturday night saying close them out, and by God, you did it. Yeah, I, I phone was kind of blowing up a little bit, and I was actually, you know, turned it off a little bit Saturday night because there was a bunch of people saying that, and I'm one to be a head case sometimes. Like Sunday, <laughs> I didn't look at standings because I see something either I'm leading or not leading that gets in my head one way or another. But uh, it was pretty cool to see the, the sport come out Saturday night and, you know, phone blowing up Sunday. And uh, I kind of figured when, uh, you know, Steve came around to, to find me on Sunday, something good was happening. So it's a fun weekend. He's trying to park on your fish. That's what was happening. <laughs> yeah. they, they I, I was telling him that. I'm like, you probably get some good waypoints out of this gig. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now you were you were sitting pretty, man. I, honestly, I, I didn't think anybody was gonna come close. And then late in the day, old Ron started pulling the tricks out of the hat. <laughs> it was like big fish pick, big fish pick, and I was like, uh oh, all right, well he may get close. I didn't think it was mathematically possible that he was gonna catch up to where you were. That that would have took took a mega mega bag there. Yeah, he kind of he had me kind of scared there for a second though, because we're standing up and AJ got it down to to Ron and I on stage and. Ron whispers over to me. He goes, would I make you scared if I told you I had two big calls in the last hour? And I'm like, oh, damn, did you win this thing? And then no. AJ hyped it up as like I lost it, and he, he had me fooled. I thought for sure I had it lost. He's real tricky like that. You got to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> I texted like late in the day. I'd messaged you, and you're like, man, I don't know if I've got it. And I was like, dude, you've got like a seven-inch lead. Like, come on. <laughs> come on now. You got, <laughs> you got this. You got this. I'm glad I was right because I already yeah. booked him for the <laughs> podcast before the tournament was over. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Proactive. Yeah, I had no idea until the end. Uh, Brady and I actually, so Brady was leading day one. Him and I were sharing the same area. Um, and uh, he was the one that actually had the airboat almost hit him. I just happened to be watching it from across the bank. What uh, happened there? I, it was just like this airboat was like going through the backwaters of these, you know, fields and crap. And they came by and came pretty dang close to him. And they like cut into the woods like right where he was. And I thought for sure they were going to, you know, that airboat, he was going to be right behind it and was going to be no bueno. But uh, no, thankfully they just left, but it was a pretty close call. What were they, were they just joyriding or were they spraying? I heard there yeah, were they airboats were and helicopters riding. spraying up there. Yeah. They were just joyriding around. Brady's old tough Nebraska kid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jeremy here, we had two completely different experiences where Brady and I had a nice leisure peaceful ride out to our starting spot in the morning and it sounds like jeremy had the com complete polar opposite <laughs> where where you said you were up the river you know so for those that don't know uh you follow has a pretty long river section that starts in columbus and runs all the way in and then it it starts to widen out you know where the lake forms it's got two or three big feeder creeks that come in and and fill it up but you were up in the river section what did you find and and how did you stumble upon it yeah, so what I ended up finding was um, basically just looking for clear water. Uh, and it was kind of a process of me heading down to Ufala with the preconceived notion that they'd be coming off the bed. So my original plan was to, to head down there and look for uh, the biggest spawning areas and then try to graph and find brush piles closest to those spawning areas, thinking that's going to be their first stop off the bed. But uh, when I got there in first day of practice, I saw high 50s, low 60s temps and was starting to catch some shallow on a frog. I realized that wasn't going to be the case that I needed to live shallow. Uh, but we got those storms in and it muddied up the whole lake as everyone saw. And I basically just got in the car and drove around the entire lake, just checking creeks, checking his bridges as far back as I could in creeks just to see what water clarity was. And uh, I'd actually, the only way I found it, I was sitting at camp and I was on Google earth and I found back in 2016, the lake was super muddy and way back up in this river, up at river bend, way in the back, it was still clear. And I don't know if maybe it was just Google Earth or what, but I figured it was worth checking out. And I drove up, paddled back there, and lo and behold, it was like clear, tannic Florida water. And uh, they had a bunch of hyacinth mats back there. And it was like afternoon when I found this stuff. And I just threw one little pitch with a spinnerbait and had a five-pounder come out, come out from under the hyacinth mat. And I was like, all right, this is the best thing I found. I guess we're just going to kind of roll with this, you know, day one. I didn't realize how good of a, an area it was. But uh, Brady and I were the only ones that were back in that area, and there was a really good shad spawn going down because uh, there was a bunch of banks leading back that had really hard bottom. But, like, 
you couldn't throw your bait in there because all you do would be snagging shad. But there was like a subtle shad spawn on the hyacinth mat that was just enough to get your bait around fish and be noticeable. And that was how we were we were getting bit. I don't think finding shad or a shad spawn was an issue for anyone on that lake. No, I have never seen more shad than what I did in that place. I was in Kawiki and the first island going back into Kawiki under the bridge, it was like 300 yards long. And that entire 300 yard bank was just solid shad, not any bass, but solid shad, which surprised me. Yeah. I think that the ticket was just the, the water color. I think that was oh, the biggest for sure. thing. For sure. Yeah. Wiki was solid mud. I mean, like literally looked like chocolate milk. That was not a good, good call on my part. <laughs> I think, uh, did I see on your Instagram, Bailey, was it in pre-fishing? You came across a, a pretty big lizard turning the bend up in a creek somewhere. Oh yeah. I had, I had to change my, my pants that evening. <laughs> that was, uh, I was rounding this corner of this hay grass and throwing a frog along it and not paying attention. And uh, I just at the last very second, I look up to the right about 20 yards in front of me, and there's this 10-footer come crashing off the bank and <laughs> makes this huge splash. And not, you just hear me in the back going, holy shit, and just like <laughs> pedaling for my life away from this thing. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. And actually, Brady and I had a crazy encounter with one at the end of day two after that airboat left. Uh, we had uh, probably like a – the Brady and I think it was like a 10 to 12-footer. We don't know exactly how big. I'm not good at – I'm the New Yorker. I can't measure these things from <laughs> my eyes. But uh, the thing put its like tail up in the, in the water and lifted its head out the water towards the sky and let out this like guttural growl. I got it on GoPro and saved it. And it's, it's crazy. But I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep fishing until like it starts coming towards me. It was going away from us at the time. But we got back to the ramp and I asked some uh, some of the guys that were that were from the area what that means. And they're like, well, either it wants to sleep with you or eat you, but either way, you probably want to get out of there. Yeah, he's just he's just saying what's up. Maybe both, one first and then the other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, place was fun though. It was complete change of scenery from the north, obviously. It was very fun for you. It sounds like because you were in an area that had fish inside it. Yeah, it, it broke it, it broke me, Bailey. It broke my yeah, spirit. There's, there's a lot of guys that got their feelings crushed yeah. in this one. Uh, let me ask you this, man, because this is not the first time and probably won't be the last that somebody from the Northeast comes south and wins a big tournament. It seems to happen all the time, a couple times a year. Why do you think that you guys from up north, the Northeast, can tra – how does fishing translate from up there down to the, to the Southeast? Because it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for a lot of it just because, you know, this was – I think my fourth tournament on you know, a national level that I've fished so far. Um, but I think what we have to our advantage is a lot of lakes that just have a diversity of, you know, pieces of cover from shallow to deep to, you know, we have submerged trees to, you know, somewhat quote unquote swampy type of areas that we can kind of get, you know, comfortable with. So it's not a huge adjustment when we head south. Um, so, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest thing to credit for it, but uh, it's just, it's a versatile place up in the northeast and uh what i did you know down there with the highest and mats is exactly what i'll be doing in a couple of weeks here with all our milfoil clumps that start growing and just burning a spinnerbait alongside of it so it's it's kind of one way we just kind of relate it to, to similar stuff up here but uh, i guess you could probably say that for a lot of people from different parts of the country so day one take us through day one man you, you said you were sharing water with brady I, I guess you were sharing water both days is that right yeah. Yeah. And actually, so I didn't realize that was Brady until after 
day one until somebody told me that was Brady back there. Um, but yeah, so so day one, I didn't find anything beyond that area. I didn't find anything good in practice, um, and uh, just showed up to the ramp and started pedaling back there. And at first, Brady and I were racing back there until we realized we weren't fish, uh, fishing the same stuff. Um, and so day one, I started on that hardcover stretch till I realized that uh, basically there's too much shad to try to get to any of the fish. So I had I went back to the area. I have like basically uh, two banks that are like you know, maybe a hundred yard stretch at most, uh, of just hyacinth mats. And, uh, all I did was just get right up to that mat and parallel it with a spinner bait. And they were coming out from under it, just kind of ambushing it. Um, and one thing I kind of noticed too, the best bites that I got were if I could find a point or a regularity in the mat and I was able to angle my cast to get the spinner bait actually under the hyacinth. And that was when I was getting the best bites. Um, but I, I mean, my, my bites came quick. I was there for 45 minutes, had the 86 inches, and then went in just to f- find new water and try to call up because uh, I looked at, I looked at the standing Saturday because I just want to know where I need to stop uh, in case I need to keep fishing to keep myself in contention. Um, so I noticed I was in first with like at 1030 or something like that. And I know Brady made a, a late day call. Same with, uh, I think his name's Nate, Nate or Nick Dyer. Um, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, And I I was sitting in third for a while. I didn't bother going back there just because I had all the fish I needed and was right where I needed to be. So the rest of the day, I didn't catch fish from 10 a.m. till the rest of the day. Um, And that that was sitting nice for for day two. Let that be a lesson. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it, Ryan? Lay off your fish like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, but in these two-day tournaments, like, I think fish management is probably, like, the most important thing, especially if you only have one spot. Like, you know you can't blow it out. If you have like two or three, then you can you can beat on them a little more. But with one spot, you have to you have to manage those fish. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'd seen a bunch of fish going through it that, and I just wanted to make. Sh- I didn't know how many there were in that area, and with how slim pickings it seemed to be throughout the week, I didn't want to you know beat up on them too bad. And the last thing I wanted was to take fish that would screw me out for day two. So just got out of there and tried to find different similar creeks with hyacinths in it, but couldn't find anything for us today it seemed like the bite just died too around 10 10 30. so day one's in the books man you're sitting in third place um but obviously especially the top what four or five of you you guys had a lot of distance between the rest of the field so were you pretty confident that uh, that was going to hold up going into day two uh i mean in terms of the spot you mean yeah you're, you're yeah i mean right I, there. I, I, I felt pretty confident um, Saturday night that I was going to get a limit. I didn't know if I was going to have a big bite. I mean, I had an 18 and a 19 on day one. The guys in front of me, uh, the guy I was tied with and and Brady, they all had 20 inchers. And in the back of my mind, I knew that if I could get a limit and have a shot at one of those 20s, that I could be in, you know, I could have a chance at winning if, you know, if Brady had a bad day and um, he didn't catch him. But um, I, I went back day two and, Went to, to quick work. It was like my third cast, caught like a 13. Caught like three 13s in the first five minutes. And then I uh, was able to call up pretty quick. I caught, I mean, I, I think I had my my full bag within probably the first 45 minutes of fishing. I just couldn't submit them because I had no service until like 10 o'clock. Um, but I knew when I had the 18, that was one of the ones I needed to be, stay in the top three. And I knew if I could have a limit, have that 18 and some decent ones that I could at least have a shot at making top three in TOC. Um, 
but after that 18, I think it was like probably five or six casts later, right at the boat was that 21 three quarters was a six and a half pounder that eight. And I knew when I put that one in the boat that I had a genuine shot to actually win it, depending on how the other guys did. Was every fish on a spinnerbait? Every single one. I only needed to bring one rod. Really? And yeah. is it like some sort of hand tied spinnerbait, or is this a mass produced deal? What, what were you throwing back there? Yeah, it's a, it's just a um, it's just an accent spinnerbait. I think it's like the River Special is what they call it. Okay. Yeah. It's just a half ounce double willow is gold and silver blades. The gold was, I think, more important than the silver was because it, it definitely flashed a lot better with that sun. Uh, just something that attracted them a little bit better when they're under the map to come out and, and ambush. Could you feel them hitting just the gold, the gold blade? Yeah, I just. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could feel them just singling that one out. Then they grab the hook. No, I, I, I think it was more like a visual thing for me than it was anything else. More of just confidence because I had thrown double willow silvers in practice and it didn't look as good to me. I mean, it probably didn't make a difference, but I think just being confidence wise, it made more sense having a little bit of gold on there with the sun. And the, the water clarity, like, I thought about Florida, and Florida, you, you scream gold just for from a color standpoint. You fall in Seminole. I mean, Seminole obviously borders on Florida, but but both of those are really kind of, in my opinion, Florida fishing setups. You follow is a much, I think, back in the day when it had grass and, and it was putting out those mega bags, it was really known for offshore because I feel like the the grass and the shallow stuff got pressured so much. Now I think that's what makes that lake so un- unpredictable. Like there's not a ton of of grass, and it's really narrowed down kind of the areas that that show out consistently. Obviously, the south end of the lake where Ron was, you know, he mentioned it was really consistent back in the fall. And with you and Brady both putting those numbers up, obviously that was a pretty good spot to be as well. Yeah, and I figured up north more with the because after that storm, I figured at at some point the water would start falling. And it was kind of cool to see each day, like from practice where I found them, they were further back. And I could tell each day the water was dropping slower. And they would just be from day one or from practice to day one to end of day two, they moved closer and closer and closer to the mouth of that chute as that water was dropping. So it was kind of cool to stick with them. Yeah. Appreciate everybody watching that. We got a bunch of folks on YouTube, a bunch of folks on Facebook. We appreciate y'all. Uh, feel free to go ahead and share this thing around so other people can see it. It's been a good one so far. Uh, as always, appreciate everybody. And I'm going to share my screen again. Um, this is something we talk about all the time on here, Bailey. You had two great days, but you didn't really lead or win either day, you know, individually. I mean, you were top three both days. Obviously, that's fantastic. But just that consistency, man, uh, having that consistency leads to those wins. I mean, third, third on day one second on day two, but then five inches clear of the field almost on day three, just through being consistent both days. Um, you know, how, how important did you, thinking back, how important was managing those fists to stay consistent uh, over those two days? I, I think it was huge. And and really, honestly, with, with how Brady was fishing, and it, I went up to him Sunday morning um, before we launched because I knew, I learned after day one that that was actually him back there. So I wanted to have the conversation with him to make sure we weren't like stepping on each other's toes and, we chatted about it, learned we weren't fishing anywhere, you know, near each other in terms of what our best stuff was. Um, and I thought for sure that he was going to have it in the bag if he was going to kind of have a, a repeat of his day one. Uh, I knew consistently it was going to be a uh, consistency was going to be important for me to make top three and make TOC. So that was what I was really just more concerned about. Uh, but knowing that when I got back and 
having those bites so quick, I think that made me feel really good about leaving those fish alone on day one, especially when that big one showed up. Uh, I think that's when it kind of paid off and things started clicking and kind of starting to have that feeling of, Hey, this, this, this might happen here. But, uh, that, yeah, I think it was, were y'all fishing, were you fishing further back in the Creek than him? Or was he further back in the Creek with you? When you say y'all were fishing the same area, what do you think made your fish perform better on day two? Uh, if y'all were kind of on a similar pattern. Yeah, I can't say for certain why the size of his fish weren't there. Um, we were well, we were fishing almost all the way to the back, um, and honestly, we we're at, the, at about the same distance. But he was basically on one bank, and I was on the other. Um, and kind of what, I, in my theory, is is actually I went and auto charted that. Um, auto chart is a chip that Hummingbird has where you make your own custom map uh, based on like what your sonar readings are. And shameless I auto charted that. Shameless plug, Hummingbird. Well, well done, Bailey. Go team. Well done. Go team. Well done. <laughs> Uh, but I, what I did is those, um, those highest end mats, I auto charted them to see if there was any difference between the depths of them, all of them. And the best ones I had on Sunday was the deepest ones. So I figured dropping water, that was going to be the most consistent. And that's why I think they might've been there. But then again, that's just theory. And I'm the New Yorker fishing down South. So who knows. <laughs> Do you know what he was doing? Was he throwing a spinnerbait too? Or was he flipping something yeah, over there? He was throwing okay. a spinnerbait. Actually, we, we met up after, at the end and pedaled back with each other. And he, he gave me one of his own handmade custom spinnerbaits as a, a trophy. He said. <laughs> All right. Sam Cox asked, trailer or no trailer on the spinnerbait? Yeah, uh, a four-inch paddle tail. There you go. That's a healthy That's a healthy trailer on a spinnerbait. That's a pretty, pretty good size one there. Yeah, all the shad that were jumping were pretty big. So oh, I yeah. just trying and i had i was throwing big willow blades like three three and a half inch willow blades so just trying to match that seemed to help with bigger bites Uh, somebody wanted to ask how you felt about camping down south (laughs) Uh, that's my buddy forrest from home he's actually from louisiana (laughs) and uh, ryan you know full well about this because i messaged you about this heading down south yeah i've I've camped a lot like I, i love it but i've always done it up north and i was like i've never camped down south and i know there's more critters that are out to get you than up north so I was like, what should I, what should I plan for down there? What'd I tell you? You just, you said, uh, you said, have, have a gun with you. Yeah. You, you said for the critters of the people, I said both. <laughs> That's stay, right. stay strapped, my friend. Stay or, strapped. Or camp with or, Jeremy. I was going to say, or keep Jeremy with you. Cause he'll give him that old two piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We're going to have to clip this whole episode. Yeah. Oh, we're clipping. We're clipping this episode, all the all the pieces. We're going viral with some of these clips. It's oh, be my gosh. Again, reward out if anybody can come across that video. What's next? Tell us about your podcast. That's that's the first thing I want to get to. Like you, I mean, fishing's cool, but you you really focus a lot on content creation, the media stuff, and, and your own podcast. Yeah, so uh, for folks watching, I, I run the Serious Angler podcast, and that was something I started – uh, just about almost exactly two and a half years ago. Uh, and it was a deal where I had an internship and I wasn't going to be able to fish for six months. And closest thing I could get was at least talking fishing. Uh, and I just always have a, a thing for learning. I just kind of want to always improve. I don't like kind of staying at one level. I want to keep advancing. Um, and it was kind of a way for me to, you know, just get in touch. One, I was up, you know, to network with people too, like make connections, make friends, you know, uh, get myself further into the industry. Uh, and since then, it's just kind of developed into this love for, you know, getting people on that know some, a lot about a subject or a technique, that sort of thing, bringing them on and learning more about it while, you know, being able to learn while we're not just on the water. We all know on the water is the best way to learn, but a way to, you know, start simulating the uh, the brain cells off the water and 
that's just kind of what serious angler is kind of all about is just trying to be better and learn more about bass um that's just kind of the the cool deal we have we've going now and it's kind of growing a little bit we got three people on the team doing different segments we got a whole business segment and um it's going strong right now and it's creating a cool little community i like you guys here so we do the opposite of, as yeah. far as stimulating brain cells. We do the opposite, whatever that <laughs> is. to kill brain cells. We, 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 still, like we still have that. a good time. We still have a good time. Yeah. We don't want our uh, audience getting too smart, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell, also, man, outside the podcast, you work. I mean, you actually work in the industry as well. Tell us a little bit about what you do in, in, in the industry. Yeah, so uh, my formal position title is a PR manager uh, for a company called Gunpowder. And it's uh, basically a PR agency. We... Um, have clients at Pure Fishing, and so it's like Abu, Berkeley, Penn, you know, Ugly Stick, the whole nine yards that Pure Fishing owns, like the 19 different brands. Uh, Johnson Outdoors, Humber, uh, so Humminbird, Minkota, um, and those are the two main ones I work on, as well as X2 Power, which is new to the to the game. They're an AGM battery company that actually last week just uh, released Lithium. Um, so I work predominantly with those three companies, but we also you know work with GoPro. We work with uh, Psionics, like some of these pretty pretty badass outdoor companies. Uh, and it's basically just a cool deal. Like PR-wise, we're dealing with media and some of the pro teams and uh, creating some of these big, you know, these media events that you see people on, these media junkets. We're just the ones behind the scenes coordinating it. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Make a lot of cool connections. So it's From a, what I've heard, you, you can get Jeremy a GoPro and a Lithium. So yeah. There you go. Win-win. <laughs> there you go. I, I would suggest cutting in on on the rights if you can get if you can get some sort of stipend from his views on his yeah that's right on his street boat ramp brawls we'll call every his fight you channel. get in I get ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I don't know I don't I don't think the guy's gonna lose any so <laughs> Jeremy against the world I got Jeremy yeah no kidding dibs on Jeremy yeah let that hand um, heal up first. Yeah, man. So, so you mentioned Hummingbird earlier. You threw a little plug in there. Uh, did Hummingbird, did the electronics play in this tournament? I mean, you were fishing pretty shallow, but did you use Mega Live or anything to help reveal where fish were or anything like that? Or was it just pure, you found the right water without worrying about the electronics? Yeah, I mean, I think the first step was really find the watercolor. And then I went back through after fishing, realized fish were there. I went and auto-charted it just so I knew as much as I could about the area without actually catching fish. Uh, but honestly, uh, day one, day two, I didn't, I didn't bring a graph out with me. I left it in the car just cause two, I mean, a lot of the fish that I were catching were right next to the boat. So it was kind of more like a, in my mind, stealth factor. Maybe they wouldn't hear the pinging type of deal. Yep. So I, I, I think, I think if you're fishing shallow fish like that, that's a very good point. You don't always need more activity in the water, like electric motors, you know, running electronics. That's may not be the best idea for your shallow fish. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted less noise. Uh, and also too, just it's less weight and third being that they're hitting close to the boat and it's like, you're scrambling. Then once they hit like at the kayak, I want as much room and less things like in the way when I'm trying to net these things. So last thing I want to do is have a graph in the way and getting, you know, get the net hung on it or something like that. So just left it in the car, which is actually kind of nice because being up North, I have two graphs on the kayak most times. <laughs> Y'all are wild up there. You're fishing like uh, Jordan and Ryan over there, electronics. Yeah, free. just getting raw with it. That's right. Just getting raw. Um, yeah. So we always talk on here about how everything goes right when you win a tournament. Uh, you know, you were fishing with a spinnerbait. You had fish, fish smashing it by the boat. Did you fish clean both days? Did you lose any fish? Did you have anything that would have helped your limit get away? 
Yeah, I mean, I day two, everything that I hooked was in the boat, including the 20 bowfin that ruined like half my spinnerbait lineup. <laughs> um, but uh, day one, uh, I caught everything except for one that was probably like 17 or 18 that came off when I was literally reeling it up to the boat and was fixing my 360 steering and left the spinnerbait in the water and it ate it and Ooh. tried to set the hook my offhand and didn't have it. But I I was hoping that wouldn't hurt me, but even though it would have called probably only been like a two or three inch call. But. Was your bait just hanging off the side or did you have some yeah. line out? Oh shit. Yeah. Like I reeled it up and then went to uh, change my 360 drive to get me back parallel with the mat. And it ate it right then like, as I'm looking away and tried That's to set nuts. the hook with my, my offhand and it did. I came right off. I had, I was in the state championship, like up in the river fishing. I had just landed like 18 or 19 inch smallmouth, and I'm trying to measure it. So I had my spinnerbait just hanging over the side and another like 18 or 19 inch smallmouth came up and ate it. And I had two other guys with me and they're like, you know, trying to help me. I was like, I can't have two fish in the boat at the side. <laughs> Y'all get away from me. I can't, I can't do this. I can't process what's happening. Like that's such a freak. Like you have to be, you know, split second on time or else something disastrous is going to happen when stuff goes awry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody else is asking about the spinnerbait. Uh, Bailey said it was an accent. Would did you say what size was it a half ounce or quarter ounce? What was it? Yeah, it was a half ounce white spinnerbait with uh, a gold and silver willow blades. Got you. There you go. Uh, Sam said that's how you know you got your bite dialed when they're trying to eat it while it's just hanging there. <laughs> What's your favorite lake to fish? I mean, obviously we've talked about you being from Buffalo, but what what's your favorite lake if you had to pick one? Uh, my favorite in the world is Cayuga, honestly. I, I love the Great Lakes, don't get me wrong. Like Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, they're an absolute riot. But Cayuga is a, a fun place up here that kind of gets overlooked. Um, that's really good for largemouth and smallmouth. Um, it's kind of the lake I grew up on, learned a lot of what I know now. So it's, it's a fun a fun deal. That's You can catch them shallow, you can catch them deep, you can catch them however you want to catch them. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Is that the same as Cayuga? Yeah, Cayuga, this is spelled Cayuga. with a this one's spelled with a K, Jeff. Come on. All these people yeah. down at you know, when you hear it on, on videos down here, they say Cayuga, which they mispronounce lake names yeah. all the time. So I'm trusting the New Yorker. What he says yeah, is, is it Susquehanna. Susquehanna. It's like the yeah, people right. say Chickamauga. Hey, <laughs> come on. Now. Yeah, I get it. No one knows how to say or spell that. <laughs> yeah. Pretty safe. Uh Dylan Lowry's in the comments asking, have you ever zeroed on your home lake? <laughs> yeah. I have oh, it. Dylan, I don't even think that's your that's just your daddy's home lake. That ain't I seen it. That ain't your home lake, pal. You sold that one. I don't want to rub salt in Dylan's wounds, but I I talked to him uh at the captain's meeting and I, I leaned over to him. I said, Man, you on him? He said, I'm always on him here. Oh I stayed with Dylan and I put I tucked a little boy in at eight o'clock every night before I went out to do grown folks things and made sure he was well rested and fed and hydrated. And damn if he didn't get out there and skunk. Love you, Dylan. It's going to be your day one day. Best influence job I've ever done, but uh, it didn't me, pay off. I'm sorry. Me and you, Dylan, yeah, one I day. I heard he had high hopes. High hopes for yeah. a tournament. I think you just got to go back there and go beat their face in and get the skunk off your back. So, Brian, I saw the Stockel in the comments, and on my long, miserable drive home, I listened to several uh, Ike Lives. Are they either Ike Lives or Bad Shoes? I don't know, but same difference. Same people talking. <laughs> same thing. Same people talking. And they were talking about slump busting. So a lot of people, even you follow, including yours truly, felt like they were very much in a slump after a couple bad events, and then you follow really, really, really putting the hurt on people. So 
Bailey, like you said, you've just been fishing national tournaments for a little bit, but you're on a podcast. You talk to a lot of pros, Ryan, you've been around the game a long time. What advice do you give? Cause I heard what they said on that podcast about busting slumps for people coming off a tough event. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is finding a lake where, you know, you're going to blast them and go crack as many skulls as you can just to get that <laughs> feeling back. And then just, you have to do your best mentally to just put it out, throw it in the trash and never think about it again. I think, I think when you have a bad day, you just have to, you have to reset for like, honestly, like Saturday, I was super frustrated myself. I was in like 54th or something crazy. I was super frustrated. Part of me thought about just sleeping in and driving on back, but I'm like, you know, the bite's not that great down here. A lot of people are struggling. I feel like there's going to be some major changes at the top. I'm going to go out and do something that's exactly opposite in the exact opposite part of the lake and try to get points out of this because the way the Hobie series is playing out this year, if you get a couple top, you know, top 25 or so finishes, that's going to be huge in getting into TOC on points. So, uh, you know, I, I think you have to mix it up, but like Bailey said, going out, that's what I did right before we started this podcast, <laughs> went out in the old home pond and, and smashed some small mouth in the head. And now I feel whole again. Like you have to keep your confidence up. The fish don't know. They don't know you're in a slump. It's not the fish. It's you. It's, it's all in your head. That's, That's where the it. slump lives. What they, uh, what I heard, uh, some of the fellas say on the Ike's podcast was don't try too hard to come out of it. Just keep fishing. Mm-hmm. You can't force it. Yeah. Just like, uh, when I used to play basketball a lot, if you're in a shooting slump, keep shooting. All right. Shoot or shoot, yeah. baby. Shoot or That's shoot. It. You come out of it. Yeah. I think it was Christy that said, if you, keep trying to force yourself out of it, you're going to dig yourself a deeper hole yeah because that's sure. all you think about that's mm-hmm. all you think about is i have to get i have to get out of this why am i you know why am i fishing this way it's yeah. i mean just relax yeah and you know speaking of that mark just commented uh twin life finished 23 and 24 <laughs> you guys both had you know less than satisfactory day ones in your own standards but you made a push for top 25 on day two by doing well that, so. mark and i have a formula in big tournaments it's <laughs> find the smokiest shittiest pool hall you can and stay out all night at shooting pool and for us that's how we get out of a slump i'm not recommending this to everybody but that's how uh mark and i choose to live our lives well you know <laughs> there's there's no secret sauce everybody has their own way you know that's what I'm right saying? so that's so right there you go I chose to go to Chick-fil-A and go home, and it didn't end up working out very well. But... Well, <laughs> you drive a station wagon, Jeff. I'm That's not true. To That's true. I did, and I did accidentally use the women's room on the captain's meeting. Yeah, so oh I don't my, know. I don't know what's going damn. on. Ah, I knew there was. I knew I, I don't know I, in my head. On. I was like, "There's something I'm supposed to bring up about Jeff today," and that was it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I turned around. I came out, was standing there watching AJ talk, and then I saw Jesse Halverson go in the opposite door, and I thought, well, "Why did he go in that door?" And uh, so, yeah, I went in the wrong. That was the prelude to the weekend right there. So they're, uh, It was glorious, though. It was a magical gender, place in They're there. gender neutral in Alabama, Jeff. Don't worry. Well, there was no urinals, so I disagree. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my first cue, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm proud of you, Jeff. I, I never thought I'd see you sneak in there like that, but you sure yep. did. Uh, yeah, Katie. I was standing there talking to Katie, and, and she realized what happened and got quite the laugh out of it. So Man. appreciate it. <laughs> With with a first place finish, Bailey. So number one, have you cut a check in any of the national events that you fished previously? Uh, so the first one, the first like national event I've ever fished was actually Possum Kingdom last year, uh-huh. and I caught one of the last checks. I think I was like twenty eighth okay. in that one. Okay. Um, beyond that, no. Uh, I fished the Bass Nation on Lake Chickamauga. Uh, actually, no, that, that was the first time I fished. That was in November last year. 
Uh, I think I was like 33rd or something in that. I sucked. And then I hit Fish Toledo. And I <laughs> 33rd, I sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then beyond that was Toledo. And that, that was, so this is like my fourth one. I, I got you. All right. Uh, and my second second part to that question, now that you have a first place finish, are you going to chase that AOY? You already know that. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I know. You feel like you have to then, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It didn't work it's, out for me. I hope it's you have setting up right for you too, because there's an event coming up your way, right? Are you gonna fish that one up there in the Northeast? Yeah, I mean, believe it or not. Oh, so the you're talking about Winnipesaukee. Yeah, I would love to fish that one, and I was actually thinking I was talking to Ryan about this. I that lands right on when I have uh, an event for Abu Garcia. I got to be up on Champlain that whole week. I would have loved would, to fish that place. I just apologize. They'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. It's a really fun place, actually. Like big smallmouth that live shallow all year round, big boulders. You know, you're you can throw a big spinnerbait, burn that sucker. You can't throw it fast enough and catch some big ones up there. Will you study the map back 18 years and and drop me some pins? I, I think I'm gonna fly up for that one. <laughs> I'll leave I'm the not kidding. I'm, I am kidding about the map study part, but I, I'm not kidding about. It. I think I am gonna fly up for that. I Come snag the Hobie. It. You can you can borrow mine for the week. I'm going to, well, uh, Josh Evans was going to bring me uh, a Jackson, but if you're offering up a Hobie, I'll take it. <laughs> no offense. We didn't, we didn't even touch on the gnar. Dude, I, we're going to get there. That's what we're going to close with. We're going to get gnarly here at the end. <laughs> oh, boy. And tell us, since we're talking about that, you fish out of a Hobie. Have you always fished out of a Hobie? No, so I actually, so I started, like many, I assume, out of the, you know, it's a Walmart kayak, like a Pelican type of deal. Uh, advanced to a uh, a field and stream shadow caster, there you go. which was a, a big old barge trying to paddle that thing. Um, but from there, went to uh, Wilderness Radar 135. Had that for about two years and then started working with Morgan Marine and have since been running Hobies for the past two years. So you've covered, you've really covered the gamut from, from beginner to champion uh, in the boats as well. Pretty much, yeah. It's about the it's about the whole hierarchy, I would say. And how old are you, Bailey? I'm 24. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, man. Sorry. Yeah, does. No, I'm just kidding, man. Do you grunt when you sit down in your Hobie, or are you you're still pretty pretty normal? I'm getting there. My my body's pretty beat up from sports growing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Once you get really good, you'll get that little wheeze at the end of your laugh. I've been working hard on that. I'm not sure if it's cholesterol or asthma, but it's one of the two. Or both. Uh, Forrest Buchanan, Forrest Buchanan said, Bailey also got third in the Peach State. So, yeah, there was a double dip with the Peach State tournament. So, you get to cash a little check there, too, man. Uh, yeah, nice bonus, little $400, uh, some gas money on the ride home. Forrest Buchanan knows everything. He does. He does. <laughs> Him and Katie Backer in a contest for who can throw up the most facts in the comments. <laughs> doing fan they're doing a great job. Doing a great job. And yeah, you know, as quick as Katie is to, you know, have the links and find the facts for everything, she couldn't let me walk in the wrong freaking door at the cat. I can't believe that she let me do that. But anyway. There were like eight women in the whole building. So the chances of you actually bumping into somebody at the same time uh were slim. So I feel yeah. like the odds were in your favor. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh yeah. So before we close this thing out, we got to get to the to that debut boat, right? Get some nar, thoughts on that. Nar. The NAR. Let me pull yeah. it up while y'all talk about it. Are you going to pull up the definition of NAR or the boat? Maybe both. <laughs> okay, let's do both. Let's do both. Dun, dun, dun. So honestly, I've I've heard rumor of this boat coming about. 
the the biggest thing that they that Jackson needed to do, in my opinion, was you know make a solid dependable drive. They they had a lot of trouble out of the original flex drive design. I feel like internally, you know, based on feedback and actually getting hands on one, I do. I do like the flex drive part of it, that flexible shaft that allows it to kick up into the hull when you're going over obstacles and things. I think that's pretty clutch for a, a prop drive kayak because that way you're not, you know, constantly having to flip it up. Or I've seen people like going down the Susky <laughs> with their drive down and they hit a log or something or a rock and just come to a complete stop and go flying out the front. So I like the design that they had, but it, it appears that they have redesigned the, the upper unit on this uh on this thing and i think it's belt driven if if i've if the videos that i've watched are factual I'm having a hard time finding a clear picture of this thing They're did they very... block you does J did jackson block you on the site and maybe google google pro angler and put it up and we'll photoshop in the other pieces okay i did find this <laughs> whatever this is worth jk jk, JK. A wikipedia nar is a keel boat it's a norwegian sailboat designed in 1943 so okay go. not quite viking but that's yeah. uh okay all right so all right oh, wait a minute the wiktionary what does it mean in the wiktionary <laughs> uh, can I we i'm lost can, those are wrong languages right. sir an rfd is that it yep there yep she yep is. there, she there is. it do there it do yeah, so enough. they changed the layout of of their boat, and uh, it's still it's not in. I don't think it's quite as um, mass heavy on the outsides. Like you know the the way the Hobie hull is designed is more of kind of a tunnel hull. This one still keeps some some mass in the middle there. I saw it had a retractable transducer. I think too, like a transducer protector up there on the front end. Let's see if the Reddit image has anything. That doesn't sound like a good place to find it, but there we go. <laughs> getting, now getting we're getting risky. somewhere. By God, look at there. Oh. Straight from the Jackson website. Okay, yeah, that's a yeah. great place to look for it. The deucer, uh, deucer. Is that that transducer piece up in front of the? Yeah. Pedal? Uh huh. I like that. I think that is. Yeah, that's how the. Uh... To be honest, that's like one of my only gripes with Hobie is that the transducer hull is right below me and not towards the front. Because smallmouth fishing, when you're dropping on them, it's hard to do it when that transducer is right below you versus in front of you. Uh, Garmin makes a live scope you can hang off the side and watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Humminbird does too, but Garmin, you can see it like five minutes before if you want to try yeah. that. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by any electronics company. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun. Yeah, I'll be curious to see this thing in person. I don't know what goes in this big open spot in front of the drive. A battery. I watched the video. I watched okay. Jameson's walkthrough video, Jeff, because I wanted to come to class knowing what I was talking about today. Right. It has six horizontal rod holders, something that I really like that they did. If you look at that, the back hatch, uh, that also can hold a 24-volt, 100-amp-hour lithium okay. battery. So you can either, if you're running a bow mount trolling motor, that'll help balance you out, or you can have your battery in the back for your stern mount just right there next to the motor so you're not running wires. I like this Reddit. This. I like this Reddit post. EJ decided he won a piece of the new PA-14. I think I don't think they got the well, message that he's not part of the Jackson uh, anymore. Right. No, because this would be made of platinum or 
whatever an expensive metal is. Carbon fiber. Yeah, sure. What do you think of the price point? Forty one ninety nine. I mean, I, th- I feel like they. I feel like the target for this was the PA market. I feel like they they made a feature rich, large, stable boat that is is going to compete is supposed to compete with it. You know, I think that's what they were shooting for. So I think you have to price it in that ballpark. Uh, you know, in medical sales, like you don't, I don't price my product half a million dollars lower than somebody else because then you just look cheap. So I think it's, I think it's a smart move. I think you have to be in that price point category. Well, there we go. Be curious to see in person. I always, you know, I'm an old town guy. I love my old towns, but I always like to demo everybody else's boats so that I know what I'm talking about when we talk about them. So can't wait to see one at some demo day somewhere. All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we let Bailey get out of here? I know he's got to be beat after making his way back up to the north after uh, that long weekend. No. Bailey Bailey hates us. What's your uh, what's your next event, Bailey? Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm gonna be at uh, Chickamauga. All right. You don't want to smile on the bow? We got a few we got a few spots left at the bow. You can come on out. I was thinking about it, but I don't know if I got another 22-hour, 23-hour drive in me like Toledo. So you're doing Chick. Are you doing Susky? Susky, and then I'll do Wolf and Fox. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So that's your that's your run. That's your, your design path to AOI right there. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Right. I like there it. Good it luck, man. I'm proud of you. Seriously. Uh, you know, Appreciate we've known each other for a few years. Watch you start the podcast. Watch you get everything rolling here. Now watch you win your, you know, first, first you know, huge field national event. Like it doesn't get more competitive than what you just did. That was awesome. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. It's uh it's been pretty cool to see the support coming out of it since the, the win yesterday. And it's, it's just a pretty cool community that we got here. Just the environment that uh, Hobie's made. And uh, I don't know, it was, it's a cool to see all the, the messages rolling in and see how many people are actually paying attention to it. I can tell you how many guys that from the, you know, the big boater world that are actually paying attention to this, whether it's public facing or not, but, keep an eye on what goes down on the Hobie trail. So that was pretty cool to see. I guarantee you that guy Jeremy met on the boat dock and Googled who won that tournament too. So he's, he's, he's proud <laughs> he, he as was, well. <laughs> he was just wanting to see if he could sue somebody for 10 K. <laughs> Dang. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, Hey, KBN big supporters of, of Bailey, man. We're big fans of Bailey. We're pumped for you. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time tonight. That was fun. Keep hustling. Call me when you get to chick. We'll be around. Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. It's uh, it's been nice to get on here and chat with you guys. And I've uh, always been a fan of the show, so keep doing what you guys are doing. And hope to see you guys soon down in Tennessee. Hey, hey wait a minute, wait a minute. One damn hey, people. Jeremy. Jeremy. Yes, sir. I didn't yes, know sir. you were still in the waiting room, dude. You got any yeah, last words just, for it? No, no, sir. I sure don't, man. I was just listening. Okay. <laughs> I thought you going. I thought you. I thought you were going to hit us with some words of knowledge before you wept it, slid out no, of here. No, I got no words. No, I'm listening to Bailey. I'm trying to learn. All right, all right. That's smart. You're a smart man, Jeremy. Jeremy, right. you fi- yes, what are you fishing for the rest of the season, Jeremy? I want to know what uh, to watch I'm out going for. To, I'm going to Chick. I am doing Susky. I'm doing New Hampshire. Uh, what else am I doing? I'm I'm doing pretty much all of them but Broken Bow, I think. All right. Well, find me in any of them. I'll buy you a beer or five. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. There Appreciate Jeff having me on the show, man. All right. See you, everybody. You guys have a good See night. Y'all.